Warning, you're about to hear unfiltered insights about regenerative agriculture and our sovereign right to natural food. This is not just a podcast, but a patriotic movement against the tide of food ignorance and corporate food giants shaping our modern food system. It's time to feed the people. Oh boy. Oh boy. AJ. Oh boy. Brooke. <laughs> we out here. What's up, everybody? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Doing real well. You looking real well. Thank you, sir. Very welcome. We got a awesome week coming up next week, don't we, Brooke? Oh yeah. Can't yeah, have you here, Brooke. I, I know. finally got registered. I, last night, last minute, you made it in. You slid slid into home. Right at the end. <laughs> AJ texts me. He's like, "You're going to the soil conference, right?" And I was like, "Yes." I've like blocked it out on my calendar for the longest time, so I would not be out of town. Nothing else would happen. But I haven't bought a ticket yet. <laughs> so last night, I jumped on, and I was like, "Okay, AJ, I registered." Yeah, I registered. We're talking about the Soil Health in the West Conference that's going to go down in St. George, Utah, our hometown. Uh, and I'm super excited. Let me just say that part of what's happening next week has been two years in the making by me. And I don't think anybody's going to know that except for you guys and anybody listening to this. And here's what I mean by that. Alejandro Carrillo is one of the keynote speakers at this event. Alejandro is a regenerative rancher in the Chihuahua Desert. If you go look up his the stuff about him, it'll blow your mind. And so here's what happened. Two years ago, I spoke at the Utah Soil Health Conference. So way into regenerative ag, sharing it with everybody I knew in our area. But one of the common uh, pushbacks that, that, that I was getting in con, uh, discussing that was that, well, regenerative agriculture works for the guys that get 14 inches of rain a year. And then I came across to Alejandro Carrillo, whose ranch is in the Chihuahua Desert, and they get like six on average. And when you see what he's accomplished in that climate, and the impact he's made in the desert. I mean, they call him the, the rainmaker of the desert because it's literally what he does. I thought if I can get him to Utah, then nobody will have an excuse that it won't work. And so then I met uh, Tony Richards, who is the head of the Utah Department of Ag and Foods Soil Health Division. And we started talking. And at one point I asked him if he knew who Alejandro was. And if I recall right, he didn't know who he was, so I sent him more information, right? And this is over the years. And then uh, I met Alejandro in Wyoming. He was there doing a conference last year on our friend R.C. Carter's ranch, who we had on the show. And so I got to meet Alejandro personally and create a relationship there. So then Tony reaches out mm, four months ago maybe and says, can you connect me with Alejandro? We would like to have him here for the Soil Health Conference. And I'm like, yes. And so connected him with Alejandro and he's coming in. And so I'm actually driving down to Vegas to pick him up at the airport on Monday and then bring him into St. George. So I'm very excited. In addition to Alejandro is also Joe Salatin, which is going to be phenomenal. And Brooke and I got to meet Joe uh, when we were in Texas at the What Good Shall I Do conference last year. So 
It's going to be cool. We we know you can't be there, Brooks. You're helping. <laughs> you're nesting. You're going to be nesting. You are which, nesting. Which is a good call. <laughs> when you said I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and bow out, and and you told me why, I'm like that is a very smart call, bro. <laughs> you know, there are opportunities to step up as a husband and as a father figure, and this was one of them. We're in the middle of some renovation projects and leaving for a week in the dead center of it. When I know that the thing that she craves the most that my dear wife Hallie is to have her space fully ready to get ready for Al- little Alexander Robert coming April 24th 2024 I'm, I'm actually channeling 420 oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> just I love it I, I'm channeling 420 that would just be too fun but you know what it's in wait, God's wait, wait, wait. what what's 420 never hoid of it never 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 hoid just of April 20th. it that's just April 20th Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tinfoil hat ideas don't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> no, they do not, AJ. And that's exactly your contribution to this show is tinfoil hat ideas. And I'm here to support them with clips that make people think that those ideas aren't as crazy. as, uh, And people are getting the satire of it, which I appreciate. They're Likewise. definitely getting it. So what I have set up for AJ and Brooke today, it is a bit of a country potluck. And honestly, this is normally for the producer segment, but this is just such a great way to introduce what we're doing today. Oh, dear listener, we got ourselves a little little country potluck for AJ and Brooke I got a bunch of comedy clips, about, got a bunch of culture clips, and so we're just going to chip through, hang out, and react to some videos. For those that don't know, the lingo, this is what's known as a reaction video. We're going to watch things, we're going to react to them, and hopefully we'll inform you and make you laugh, make you think a little bit. I don't think it's going to work. I'm very unreactionary. Uh, I'm like cool, calm, and collected always. It's possible. Yeah. <laughs> Unless, of course. I know, and I can't do that right now. Okay. I love you. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Because Some... My niece was just FaceTiming me, and I She's like, hey, it. And then I turn, and my Brooke. mom is standing right there, and she's on the phone. She goes, hey, she's trying to call you. I go, I know. I can't answer it. I'm on a show. This is why I'm getting an office, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's some some good Western family values, Brooks. This is what we talked about. Showing people that Western family living. Sometimes your niece calls yeah. you and wants to hang out during a podcast. That's okay. People like yeah. that stuff. Sometimes I'm sitting here and I turn around and my little niece and nephew are right here at my feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, but that that's a... we couple of things that have been mentioned talking about you not coming to St. George because you're nesting and the family reminds me of uh, one of the most important quotes that's ever landed for me. And that's no amount of success will ever make up for failure in the home. And that's what we're talking about here. So is there a particular place that you'd like to start or should I just spin the wheel? I think you should spin the wheel. Yes. Oh my God. We're spinning the wheel. This one's fun. Do you, uh, this is, okay, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play it. It'll speak for itself. 
Okay, so it's another viral video on <laughs> manifesting. So I know Gen Z is obsessed with the concept of manifesting, but can I just tell you, like, the root of it is demonic. The concept of manifesting is if I say it enough, if I think about it enough, if I direct my focus in that one direction enough, I'm going to make the universe give it to me. And what's crazy is manifesting is about finding a way to manipulate the universe to give you your desires. If I would have gotten everything in life that I wanted when I was young, it would have already destroyed me. The biggest blessing of my life is not getting my desires. The Christian faith is that we die to our own desires, we die to self, and we say, not my will, but your will. If I was going to write a sermon, I would say the devil is in the blessing business too. When Satan took Jesus to the mountain, he was going to give him things. And so it was like, let me bless you. And Jesus was like, no, 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 I'm not going to take this blessing because there's a greater blessing. This whole concept of manifesting is so stupid because yeah. why do you trust yourself? Right. This guy that you think is the man of your dreams could be the very thing that destroys you. Pop quiz. <laughs> What is the etymological origin of the word manifesting? Yeah. The origin of the word manifesting. What does it mean? Is this multiple choice? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, see, the first time he did the pop quiz to me, I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to be ready for him every time. Brooks can't yeah. get me. I play one clip pop quiz. <laughs> do y'all happen I'm to know the etymological origin of the word manifest? No, but tell me because I'm sure it has something to do with mana. Right? Mana being food, sustenance, something like that? Mana is food. Ah! It's a good try, AJ. I tried. You isolated the main point of the word that I wanted to break down. Okay. Mana. Hey, Brooke. Or AJ. You ever gotten a manicure before? Yep. What, what is a manicure? Not in a long time, so, you know. What is a manicure? You held up your what? Hand. And if you were to get a pedicure, you would hold up your what? Your foot. Yeah. Cure your mana. Cure your pedicure. Cure your hands. Cure your feet. So if I'm going to manifest something, what do I need to use to mana? make it? <laughs> I'm going to fest my mana. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to use my what? Your hands. Your hands? Exactly. So I want to start with the just basic premise. I'm not against what these guys are saying. I'm not. I'm not a, uh, for what this guy's saying necessarily. We're here to just zhuzh it up a little bit. But all manifesting means is to create something with your hand. Mm. Yeah. So what? So where the issue is is that somewhere in the culture they've actually taken the true meaning and changed it in order to align with what they want it to be. So really, I, I do agree with him in the fact that like. Um, if you are only ever after self, it really does lead to just feeling empty because mm. we can't be full all the time. We Life is hard and we learn and we make mistakes. So if you are constantly just trying to be like, I want that, I want that one, you kind of have a vic victim mindset probably because you're looking at everything else like you don't have it and you want it. So like that's better. They have something that's better. I want this. I want glamorous. And it's it's a very self-centered way of thinking. So if you plan to never care about your family or anyone around you, your business partners, your friends, 
it's a great way to uh, just, you know, make yourself the center of your universe. But ultimately, that really does end in kind of feeling pretty empty and alone. And that sucks. <laughs> that yeah. is not fun. Yeah. He's probably, you know, meeting people where they're at, like the younger audience, then they hear manifest and they don't understand the origin of the root word. Right. So he'll, 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 he's probably like we do with explaining livestock. Like I'll say cow and everybody who is in cattle, they're like, it's not a cow, it's a steer. And it's It's like, yo, most people I'm talking to don't know what a steer is. Right. So if the, if the population he's speaking to hears manifest, 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 He's going to use that term because they don't understand what Brooks – because I didn't understand what Brooks just broke down. But what it Neither does – did I because yeah. I didn't really – that word didn't become really popular until mm-hmm. kind of like the new age, you know, like – I mean, I'm just going to tell you what I think. Please. <laughs> and I've been here. This is like personal experience too. I'm not saying this like, this is what I believe and you guys are all idiots. And it's like I lived through this. So I mm. understand it and I've kind of gotten around it and been able to have a good – you know, step outside myself and try to objectively look at things. Man, when you, this may not be for everybody, but I, I want to say across the board, I feel pretty confident that this would produce happiness, fulfillment, is being of service, is mm. focusing on other people, you know, and when you think so highly of yourself, more times than not, people around you, you really make them feel pretty shitty, mm. you know, and what it probably turns into. And I've lived this through relationships and friends. It turns into they don't pay any attention to you unless they want you or need something from you. Mm. And if you're not there to do it, that's where they are. Gonna, they're, they're now going to gauge like how, how good of a friend you are how worthy of them you are if they if they want you to hang out around them and i'm really focusing on because at this day and age we have a lot of people who just want to be the center of attention you know we all want to be an influencer we all want to go viral we want to be on a boat we want to fly in a private jet i want to be on a helicopter on a yacht and like there are people that do this and they blow it up on their social media and it's it's understandable that a lot of people would see that and initially just be like, oh, my life sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I don't have all those things. Yeah. Hmm. Did I even get my did I even yeah. get my point across? Did I? Oh my god, I don't know, guys. You. I just think it's a it's kind of like a weird time. Yeah, yeah if you're manifesting. manifesting the way that Brooks says it is like that makes sense, man. That means you put the work in. It means you go after it and you have to have a positive mindset and you use your hands. You don't wait for someone else to do it for you. You don't wait for the, the universe to give it to yes. you. Yes. Yeah. You know, it, like you're a part of it. Yeah. You're thinking, a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. One of the things book. I've heard that was one of the biggest mistakes of that book was the title, Think and Grow Rich. And it should have been Act and Grow Rich, right? To manifest, to use your hands to create. But a lot of people read that book and thought, oh, Mm, where's my 20 grand? You know, I manifested it for, for two, two weeks. Where's my $20,000? Well, what did you actually do to go and actually manifest it? 
Did you create anything of value to receive that? And most of the time it's no. And that that's just kind of one of the things they say is the biggest mistake of that book was the title because it misleads people to think, oh, I just got to think about it. And the universe is going to provide for me. If you refer back to episode 12, we had some clips by Mark Passio. That mm. was from his natural law seminar. Uh, and it was a three-part, nine-hour seminar, so we tried to give you some nuggets and pearls. If you want to go watch it, great. You'll get a lot of information, like what AJ is saying, that the generator principle to generate anything, to manifest everything, it requires action. Mm. But that the idea was to peddle those types of sins through the New Age books and movement. So the there it could be it is argued by Mark Passio that that result, the think and grow rich that actually could have been titled, that was not could have not been a mistake. Mm. You see, it just depends on who uh, which perspective well, you're sitting from. And that's really interesting that you say that because knowing more about some of the uh, historical families that have been controlling our society, they are part of the people who wrote that book. So hearing you describe it like that, because I, I thought, well, why would they write a manuscript on how to do those things if they didn't want us to do those things? In other words, you know, they, they created the school system to create factory workers that were subordinates that never got out of line, right? So why would they create a book like Think and Grow Rich? But hearing you describe it like that, that's kind of a new perspective for me. It's like, oh, actually – Maybe they didn't actually create it so that you can create something. They created that so that you would just think. Now, so you they, stay occulted mm -hmm. or hit, so the information, the real information stays hidden. Right, right. Now, mm -hmm. my only caveat to that, right, mm -hmm. this just takes a lot of unpacking in my brain because <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty. You don't have to explain it to us. We get it. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, uh, you know, it's like at the same time, some of the people that, that have really contributed to me and the things I've been working on are things I've heard from people like Barbara, Barbara Corcoran uh, from Shark Tank or um, uh, Rob Deirdrick, uh, DC Shoes. There was a documentary on Think and Grow Rich. They all took that book in a different way because that's what helped them create. So it's kind of like, well, that's two, what I was, gonna, I was actually going to say that like they could have wrote that or whatever. And two birds, one stone, you know, mm. like it's valuable information, but you have to already be in a much different mindset. Mm. You already have to be outside the system in a way mm -hmm. to be able to see it for like mm, the true way, I guess, like to mm. be able to apply it and it not be something where you're kind of just getting stuck in your head and wishing and praying and being like, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. It's coming. It's yeah. Like, oh man, I wish it was coming too, but it's yeah. not. This is Just bills at my door. This is totally hit, taking me in a direction. And so we're going to spin the wheel. All right. Taylor Swift was never really that political until George Soros bought all of the rights to her music. This is real. My entire catalog was sold to Scooter Braun's Ithaca Holdings in a deal that I'm told was funded by the Soros family, 23 Capital, and the Carlisle Group. Enter Operation Taylor. Travis Kelsey was not a big time celebrity. So suddenly this dude who like I've never heard of and you've probably never heard of 
it becomes the face of Bud Light. A little strange choice, isn't it? This premier athlete became the face of Pfizer and the COVID-19 injection. Travis, did you know you can get this season's COVID-19 shot? 18% of voters say they're more likely or significantly more likely to vote for a candidate endorsed by Taylor Swift. This published today from the New York Times. Predictive programming? Oh yeah. What's happening with Taylor Swift is not organic or natural. It's an op. We all feel it and we all know it. So related to the point, I have an opinion about this. I think the way that this guy presented the information was a tad bit like clickbaity. For sure. Yeah, social media, you have it's almost like you have to it always sometimes you have to somewhat of a clickbait to get some like algorithm and all the bullshit. It's like that's what I hate the algorithm. That's what I hate about all that. Like you make it so difficult and then you make people have to like play kind of a game to mm-hmm. just do their job or due he, diligence or he whatever. plays a clip that based on the way that he positioned the uh his argument that she was a willing participant in the sale of her music to the george soros organization and, and that's that, not true oh i didn't get that has, i didn't take it that way or, i took it like that's what happened and that was their plan and at a certain point all it takes is like let me reward you and give you all your everything you need in your life and fly you everywhere and you're literally you sell out states like if you have a concert somewhere it's ridiculous there is thousands of people and i'm just gonna say this and so many people probably won't like this but she's just not that good (laughs) she never me and my sister were talking about it like she was never like she had good songs but she was never like never had like a really good voice we thought like Mm. a good artist but it's also during a period of time where we we've seen how many one hit wonders Mm. or people that come in from like a movie or the media and they, I mean, Marky Mark, I love Marky Mark, but like how free (laughs) Will Smith, free Willie style. Yeah. You know, like there's people that are in the celebrities that like have these one hit wonders. And then there was the whole auto tune era. We knew it's like, there are certain people that there was all these, you saw the video and they were on stage and they were lip syncing because they were dancing and they actually didn't sing their own songs when they performed them live. This was like, this is known. So I always thought like some of Taylor's songs were good, but I like never could get through all of them. And I know that's not the same. Like younger girls definitely um, jive with her. (laughs) But to be honest, what happened when the past so many like presidential elections, what do they do? They get their celebs. We bring Mm -hmm. them in. We go on tour. So to try and tell me that there isn't something up, is like, come on, because all I've seen is something up for years, like Travis Kelsey in a jab commercial. Why yeah. do that? Why are we promoting to get injections? Why are we promoting medicine? Like that is to each their own. Everybody's body is different. Everyone's blood works different. What, so everyone's allergies are different. Like just leave it up to a person and their doctor. But we have to broadcast it. We have to make it popular. Why? Because money. Yeah, marketing. Money, money, money. Yep. <laughs> I agree with your sentiment that something is up. I agree with your sentiment that it's messed up that Big Pharma can still advertise these types of things and leverage celebrity status. What I also wanted to highlight is just like the book Think and Grow Rich is was likely written from a place that was meant to help a lot of people but can get co-opted into a narrative and people just read the Think and Grow Rich and like, yep, that's all I needed to know. Uh, he may not have desired to, the author may not have, desire to participate in that outcome. Very unlikely. I will argue the same thing for Taylor Swift. 
I used to be a Taylor Swift hater. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I used to be a Taylor Swift hater and I went through my own Swifty moment. Okay. <laughs> so really? I went through my own Swifty moment when I, when I started understanding how music was made and how talented she actually is. So much of Taylor Swift's magic is off camera. She mastered the ability to connect with her fans direct to consumer. She actually was one of the first like real value for value artists out there. And I believe that's why she's being co-opted because she's free. I believe that they are roping her back in and using her as an unwilling in their language, in the Satanist language, it's useful idiot. I don't think she's an idiot. I think she's really smart. And I think that she's getting caught up in a game that she doesn't understand. I had that same thought myself too, kind of listening to, cause I remember seeing the, the full clip of her on stage and she was upset. Like you could tell she was calling him out is what she was doing. So then you fast forward a year and I was like, Oh, they got her. Like that's what's happening. She's getting captured. Yeah. But they if you go back, her. if you go back to the time, like, you know, like the whole like occult stuff where they do shame, embarrassment, yeah. mm-hmm. the whole thing with her and Kanye West. Hello. Uh, I don't remember that. Really? Yeah. When he got up on stage and embarrassed her. When he got her. up on stage and had oh. to be like, she shouldn't have got that award. And then what else I'm happened? I'm going to let and you Kanye, finish. Kanye wrote the song with her name in it. And there was all this crossover. And it was like, it was so weird. Yeah. And it was like this big story. And there was like this battle between Kanye West and Taylor Swift. Like, another useful, on. another useful, brilliant idiot. Yes. Mm. Uh, who might actually be sick. And is he's just, they just churn people like that up. I'm not saying it's her fault, right? but I am saying that something that has to do with any of her business doesn't seem super kosher, especially if you are using it to be political and maybe you're not using it, but whoever's running all of your social media, all of your products, all of mm. the things, it is tied to f- big pharma. It is tied to by the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much crossover. And I don't, I wouldn't say that it's her because very easily through contracts and you know, like fine details that you don't see, she really could have got herself roped into something that she never wanted to be a part of and probably didn't even realize what it was until it's too late. But then at a certain point, this is a huge assumption, you guys. I know I'm making an ass out of you and me. But and this is potluck, baby. We're just reacting. can make your life better or make something, a situation seem more exciting or like it's good if you have a whole team of people, like all the celebs. Like it's like a, it's like a, a club. And then on top of that, if your life is pretty good, you know, like you don't really have anything to complain about until like one little weird thing happens. Like a Kanye West has to ruin your day, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, she's got up uh, from my uh, understanding. She's got her music back. She owns all of her music outright, which is why and that happened a while ago. Right? She got, yeah. And she got out of the system and that's partly, I will say, I think the summary is uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, although talented at football, is the real useful idiot here. Uh, he's mm. making money for a lot of people that, and yeah. and he thinks he's getting his moment, so that's great. Now I'm dating Taylor <laughs> Swift, and this is great. Um, but I believe that they're trying to pull her into a deeper game, and it is an op. It's just the same op that they do with every culture of status and, and influence is they, they co-opt them, they capture them, and they use them for their advantage. Well, and if they, if they can see well, opportunity... You think they're going to stop trying? No, they're, they're like, going to keep going forever. They'll just keep seeing if like, you'll, it's like you miss every shot you don't take. Which is exactly why this next clip, let's spin the wheel. Uh, I think this is an important next step. 
lot of parents do is they don't teach their kids. Oh, we'll retry that. A lot of parents do is they don't teach their kids what to believe or why to believe it or that there is objective right and wrong. What they teach their kids is an incentive structure for obedience. Do what I say because you'll get in trouble if you don't. Do what I say because I'll reward you if you do it. That might work out fine when you're the authority figure. What happens when it's the college professor? What happens when it's the politician? What happens when it's the boss? What happens when it's someone that doesn't have your best interest of your child in mind or doesn't share your worldview on anything? Well, they're going to obey because that's what they've been taught. And so one of the most powerful episodes you might be able to ever have with your child is the point where they catch you on, on being wrong, because we all do it, and actually rewarding them for having the courage to stand up to authority, because ultimately right and wrong doesn't flow from us. Yeah. Well, as a father of three daughters, I've made it a focus to, if if I'm wrong, to go to them. If if I find I'm in, I'm in the wrong, I'll go to them after and be like, hey, you were right. And I was wrong. Like I'll have a, it's an intentional, clear conversation. I'm not just doing it in passing. I, I, um, cause it's something that I learned. Right. So it's an intentional conversation where I'll, I'll make sure that they can hear me acknowledge that they were right. And that I was wrong. Now I have a daughter who is unique in her thought processes. And she's always right. And I am always wrong. It's so funny. Which one? Uh, Ella, my oh, middle, yeah. my middle one. And she, she'll, and now she's old enough. She'll be like, "Are you sure?" Because I'm usually right. And I'm like, "Gosh, like man. I'm going to give you a chance, Dad." But I'm now what I'll do is I'll, take that back. Yeah. Now what I'll do is I'll, I'll be like, "Yeah, you're probably right, but I'm going to go check that out." Let me double check it. But she's becoming very strong and independent, which means nobody's going to be able to tell her what to do if she doesn't truly is she's not really have have has a strong conviction towards it but i've done that intentionally because uh, and not with this same concept in mind but as i was listening to that clip when it was shared um i think you shared it last night brooke uh, i was listening to that i was like am checking in am i doing a good job am i still in that because i agree what he the way he presented i was like that's also a really good reason to do that i was not he's not saying to not teach them to respect authority right respect authority it's he's teaching you to respect authority but how to be a critical thinker yes and and just to know that truth and like true and false doesn't flow from just authority right to minor uh, to subject minor what's the word subject yeah okay, that yeah. works brooks is like that works brooke okay he's the lingo he's a linguist <laughs> yes anyways when i was list when i saw it and i was listening to it, i sent it to all my sisters you know i don't have any kids but do I want some? Yeah, I do. Just got to find a partner first. Um, <laughs> and actually, sometimes I'm just going to nanny for you, Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, me and Hallie. We'll just like, we'll, we'll grind our own wheat. We'll make raw milk ice cream. We'll be doing all my tallow balms. We'll be doing for, hydrosols for and herbal the record, infusions. Does that sound fun? For the record, her sourdough starter is in, it's working. It's, it's, nice. it is coming alive. Growing. It's coming alive. <laughs> Awesome. Very After alive. she sent me hers, a picture of it, I, I bought one. Okay, AJ, Brooke doesn't know this yet, so don't tell her, okay? Okay, I won't tell her. Don't tell her. But uh, Devin and I are setting up a fall women's weekend for Brooke and her <laughs> really? super fans. And Hallie, Brooke, 
and Devin are going to run a women's retreat weekend in the fall. And we're going to show them that Western lifestyle, family values, and wellness wellness oriented lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Can I get a freaking applause? (laughs) Brooke, you want that women's weekend? You got it, sister. That is awesome. And all these beautiful women that decide to, to take you up on that offer that they don't know exists yet, they will have the time of their life. And y'all can and y'all can totally I'm so here's my goal for it. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pull it off because I know we're gonna make this happen. I know we'll be able to get Hallie there. I want to buy the fall uh either rent or freaking somehow make it happen where I buy a sprinter van that's like ready to roll like a real thing and we're gonna go on the road with Alex, with little baby Alex and we're gonna come out west. And, and so we have a couple of retreats that we're scheduled to be at. And we were like, well, let's just take the dude with us. What better time to do it in within the first year? All he needs is a comfy bed and, and some boob action. You know what yep. I'm saying? So yep. uh, that is just the intent right now. Just a nipple. Nipple in an ass. Just That's a all I need. That's so true. My dad's birthday, and that's all he needs too. So so true. Okay. Well, <laughs> in no particular order, we're playing clips here. This one is from Eggs and Bunnies, and this is called "My Wife Wanted a Few Chickens." My wife wanted a few chickens for fresh eggs every day. Now we have seventy chickens in Buckingham Palace. My wife wanted a few chickens for fresh eggs every day. Now we have four fat goats playground my wife wanted a few chickens for fresh eggs every day now we have nine ducks in the quack shack my wife wanted a few chickens for eggs every day but now we have eight rabbits in a whole bunny village we wanted a few chickens for fresh eggs every day now we've got two miniature donkeys in a donkey saloon my wife wanted a few chickens for fresh eggs every day i a chicken Ferris wheel. Warning. When your wife asks for a few chickens, it's a trap. I know she's hot. I know she's got big eyes. Look away, man. I said look away. That's awesome. I sent that one to you too, didn't I? Yes, you did. And guess what, man? My wife does want a few chickens here. I'm so like, oh, shit. That, that was our house look in away, Cody. Man. Oh, we got a few away. chickens. Then we had 11 goats and turkeys. And we also ended up having lots of foxes around. So we had less chickens and more goats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we got quite a few dogs to out there protect. So that is one perspective is a don't look, don't look at her. Like I said, turn away. You, you, you start with a few chickens and that's how it goes. I know she's hot. I know she's got big eyes. Another yeah. great, another great perspective on this, and this is one that I may end up subscribing to at the end of the day, is from Die Hard Cowboy. Guys, it's that time again, Valentine's Day, and this year I don't want you to screw it up. Forget about the flowers, forget about the jewelry. You've been hearing her talk about what she really wants. She wants a dairy cow, so buy the cow. I know at first this might seem really expensive. It might seem like a huge commitment, but hear me out. It's going to be better for you in the long run. Once she has a cow, she's going to realize that she wants cow friends. And she's going to join a group 
and she's going to start talking in those groups. Once she's in a milk cow group, the chain reaction begins, and it's only a matter of time before the benefits start rolling in. First, she'll have milk, more than you can drink, so she'll want to make butter and cheese. Once she's making butter and cheese, she'll get the urge to bake some fresh bread to go with it. Before you know it, you're eating like a king, because she's realizing anything she doesn't make fresh is potentially toxic. But do you know what's not toxic? Homemade ice cream. So be a hero this year for Valentine's Day and get her what she really wants. Warning, side effects may include no longer trusting the government, homeschooling your children, arguing with your doctors, <laughs> throwing away your microwave, buying land, collecting farm animals, spending more time at home, and having more children. So for more Valentine's tips, check out my brand new song, She's the Boss, available February 9th on all streaming platforms. All right, guys. Holy cow. No, it's awesome. Holy cow. For real, though. For it, real. It might happen. Yeah. You want to spin the wheel again? Yeah. Spin the wheel. Uh, let me uh, unmute that the channel. Benefits start rolling in. For real. Oh, this is better. Since we're spinning the wheel and everything. <laughs> California's with ADD are 300% often at extraordinary. Ah. Gotcha. The wheel, the wheel came off. The wheel came off, actually, and it was like YouTube was like, uh, that's enough of that wheel sound, sir. <laughs> this is what I wanted to play. Adults with ADD are 300% more likely to be entrepreneurs. 35% of entrepreneurs have dyslexia. The truth is, if you suffer from either one of those things, what you've learned to do is you've learned to never give up. You've learned to find a workaround. Your critical thinking skills are at a different level because you have to to work your way through a day and perform at a level of excellence that is required to exist. What I'm saying is, is you were built for this. How do my ADD entrepreneurs feel about that clip? That is so true. I feel seen. <laughs> yes. I'm feeling heard. Yeah. <laughs> and and undrugged. Yeah. And undrugged. No no riddling. No no. Uh, actually, let me just say it this way: When you have ADD, if you understand, it's a superpower. Like your brain is just different. I'll give an example. I had uh, my life insurance license for a very hot minute. And um, I was told by the intellectuals around me that I, there was no way I was going to pass that test. Like people take these, this life insurance, these exams to become licensed, and they take them multiple times just to pass, right? So I'm studying for the test, and I have a good friend who is also ADD. He's getting three master's degrees right now at SUU. And he's on the dean's list and he's done in a year. Like he had to get a waiver for the number of credits he's taking. But because he's learned how his brilliant ADD brain works, he's got like four computers open with all the subjects that he's doing. And he'll spend a few minutes on this one and then a few minutes on this one and then a few minutes on this one. He is on the dean's list and he's got total ADD. He's brilliant. So he's the one who taught me this. He's like, dude, your brain works different than anybody else. So anytime they try to give you advice, if they're not ADD, don't listen. They just don't comprehend. So I'm, I'm studying for this exam. And the way I studied is I read the, I read the chapter, you know, description in the beginning and the synopsis at the end and took the quiz. I did not read a single word in between that. I'm like, well, you're going to tell me what I'm about to learn. And then you're going to ask me if I learned it. And then you're going to quiz me on it. Why would I read all the bullshit in the middle that the, my brain will not hold on to? And I had people during the studying 
like discourage me. Like, there's no way you're going to, are you sure this is right? There's no way you should be doing it that way. There, uh, you know, my, my, my father-in-law was an insurance agent and he took the test multiple times before he passed it. And he was telling my wife that there was no way I was going to pass with that kind of study habit. I passed the first time with a better score than he had. So, <laughs> holy, holy cow. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. Bro, I really meant to say, this is what you had to say to all those other people. Go <laughs> yourself. Yeah. If I, if I would have known that in school when they tried to ram Ritalin down my throat, I probably would have graduated. I, I dropped out senior year. Dropped out, got my GED, and went in the military. All you needed was Dave Ramsey saying, You were built for this. For this. You were built. Yeah. You were built for this. What I needed growing up was for someone to help me understand the way I learned versus trying to make me learn the way everyone in class learned. So I, I always say this like, um, I hate that this happened to me because I feel like I don't remember a lot of things that I've learned like through school, mm. college, or anything because I learned scared. Mm. You know, I learned scared because the way the system, you know, school and college, it's like, it's all dependent on your score. It's dependent on your test. And so, <laughs> and I did have a rule after my, after seventh grade, seventh grade in my math class in pre-algebra, algebra. Anyways, the way the teacher taught didn't work well for me. You know, and so it made me just feel like I was bad at math and she would do things like she'd play Enya when we were testing because it was meant to you know, make you smarter. And she'd pass out little pieces of dark chocolate and when we were testing. Well, I pretty much kept like a like a B minus, C plus in that class. Never got down, never had a D. But my parents made a rule after that that if I, at the end of every quarter or semester, if I had anything lower than a B, I was grounded from dance. And that was my livelihood, right? Especially for someone with little ADD because you need mm -hmm. to move and, you know, release some energy. But the next year, the following year, because of my grade in that class, they put me into applied algebra. And it was the best class ever. I learned that I loved math mm -hmm. and that I can do math homework like nobody's business. I can sit doesn't feel like homework, doesn't feel like work. I really enjoy it. I enjoyed, you know, that like to do a type of math problem, it's like to do division. One way to divide. You can put on, you know, like four divided by two, it's two. So it was really nice for me where I could learn how to do a certain type of problem, how to do, you know, long division or moving into geometry and graphing and all these things when I could understand the rules or like the things that are unchanging and how to do the problem, how to approach it, then I had so much fun. But the year prior, I thought I was dumb. <laughs> I thought I sucked at math and I felt really, I felt so ashamed that I got put into applied algebra. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed and I had the best year ever. Mrs. Gardner was the best teacher ever. We had a good time. All of the students loved her. She was fun. You know, she she was very willing to change her teaching style to each student depending on what they needed. And I had never experienced that before. 
you know, but then as I got into college, I didn't even realize that what I had experienced fairly regularly (laughs) growing up was ADD and anxiety. I didn't even know what anxiety was until I was in college and I was experiencing it. And I had a friend who was on anxiety medication. I was explaining to her how I felt. She's like, oh, that's anxiety. And I was like, oh shit, (laughs) all this time, this is what it was. And I had no idea. So I do wish for myself that when I was younger, if I would have had more educators, more teachers that could kind of, could have helped me understand it and helped me see that like, I can learn I didn't even know what my struggles were. I just knew I was having a hard time with all, certain things. All they needed, and to then tell constantly you. trying to like figure out a way to do it. So I got good grades, but I, I, you know, I crammed for tests, and I got good grades. I would write papers. This is funny, and even in college, when I had to write a paper, I could wrap my head around writing a five-paragraph essay. That was my favorite thing to write in high school, right? So when I went into college, even like my ten-page papers, anything, I always put it in a five-paragraph essay format. Because I could wrap my head around it and I could do it. This is, uh, this part's comical because I never reread my papers. I would write it. And as I would write through it, I'd go back and reread that paragraph, you know, make sure that flowed. So I did reread as I was writing. But once that sucker was complete, spell check, done. My anxiety was so high in my attention that it's like, nope, can't do it. I did it. I'm done. We'll see what what grade I get. And I actually did pretty well. I mean, I went to the University of Utah. I was a modern dance major. But the struggle to get things done was like, oh. And all you needed was Dave Ramsey. And all Mm -hmm. I needed was Dave Ramsey. You have a superpower. Do you think that's why you became a coach? You were built for this. Because you didn't want other people to feel like that? That's part of why I became a coach. Hmm. I think that I did. um, Okay. When I started coaching, it wasn't because of that. But when I started coaching, I discovered I'm a very good coach Mm -hmm. (laughs) with sport movement. And I'm really good at giving advice. I'm very terrible at taking my own advice. Why? Because I've just got all these things going on inside my body and my brain, but we're working through it. And it's really, it is so cool when you talk with someone who has like me and AJ have the same issues because you feel heard and you're like, oh, it's not just in my mind. I'm not making it up. Because I think that is also something with people that have like little learning issues or it can start to feel like if everyone around you is like, you're crazy. Like this is, this is easy. And you're like, why am I struggling so much? Why Mm -hmm. is it so hard for me to pay attention? Why am I getting in trouble all the time? So to meet someone and then be like, oh yeah, me too. (laughs) And they're successful and you see them going after stuff and, um, you know, changing how they might get to their destination because they're working with themselves and how they function. It's motivating. It's motivating. Brooke Brooke and I will often talk and she'll like what, like, because we're the same person, we're like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm." Like she, she, the other day she's talking about like people talking to you and if they're talking to you for too long and you're not interested. (laughs) You're looking and you're like, I literally I'm talking to myself in my head. Like, Pay attention. There, so I'm, I'm looking and I'm trying to like not look like I can't hear you. My brain has literally shut off. And everything she's saying is what you're thinking. So you're like, keep making, make sure you're paying attention. Smile. Make sure, 
And then you realize you're like, wait a minute. All I've been doing this whole time is talking to myself in my head to, about paying attention, but I wasn't paying attention. So I have no idea what they're saying. And so then auto responses come out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah, oh yeah. Sense. Okay. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, for sure. I saw a meme that it was like, uh, when you're damn, that's crazy. When you're eight, damn, that's, that's crazy's in and they still talking. (laughs) Damn, that's crazy. (laughs) Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. When you're eight, damn, that crazy's in and they're still talking. They're not picking up on the social cues. The nice thing about that though, is when, when you are like Brooke and I were, you know, business partners. And so we get that. And so there's no offense taken at all if the she other does person. that to me or I do that to them. I'm like, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, maybe, maybe I could have been a little shorter in that description. Mm. <laughs> and then usually after we're like, sorry. And it's also yeah. the ADD side of you sure, that you wants say, I, to I'm get really it sorry. out. Can you just tell me one more time? I promise I'm paying attention. Tell me. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah, no problem. All right. Y'all want to go culture or comedy before we spin the wheel? AJ, you pick. Let's do comedy. Okay, clips. This is why I'm so excited to get on the studio, y'all. This is just the processing power of this computer. I am so I'm so ready to graduate, y'all. This is like feeling senioritis like a mug. Like, I got it. I've done this level of production. I need my shit. I need my new shit. Comedy. Hey, Nelson. Nelson. Can I get a... To all the audio listeners out there, I promise you're going to want to watch the video version. If you haven't already checked out the video version of the Feed the People podcast, you really are missing out. I highly recommend you go to the Serious Fun Media page and go to the Feed the People podcast channel and uh, you're going to see we do make the video version interactive so you're going to see all of these assets uh, all of these clips so uh, that was a tiny horse it was a tiny horse making funny a noises a donkey yeah donkey. exactly tiny tiny donkey. donkey and uh, I want him to bray when I say hey Hank his name is Hank Williams Hanky can I get a oh yeah oh no. yeah it's like what? That's where does Brooke even find this stuff? I, in that video, she kind of talks about in the text. I mean, can you imagine if you were a neighbor and you were like, yes. "I hate that noise," and every day she just puts her head out the window. Hey, Nelson. <laughs> the neighbor's like, Karen. No, dude, I would one hundred percent call to Nelson yeah. multiple times a day. Oh yeah, just so he knew I was, I was there, and I loved him, and I cared about him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Another random one here, because uh, we like this comedian. He's really funny. There's some there's some thread that I want to pull out here, uh, but it's also comedic. Eight. That's it, huh? That's nine. You got eight. You got two more. What? Yeah. Fuck, bro. <laughs> I don't even fucking play nothing, dog. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I don't even play nothing. I love that that line when he says, I don't even play nothing. Yeah. I watched that like 50 10 times. times. Yeah. Yeah. It's honest, too. I mean, that that's real, man. Like, oh, fuck. I don't even play nothing. Why are you making me work out so hard? Yes, exactly. 
Exactly. And I also like, I'm not going to, I'm not uh, uh, here to spank on Theo Vaughn. I think he's hilarious. He works really hard that, that just think, but I could also take it the other way. Like the, I don't even play nothing attitude. It's like, that's going around. Mm-hmm. It's like, why should I even move? I don't even play nothing. Yeah. Why yeah. should I eat That's good true. food? I don't even play nothing. That's why should I go get sunshine? I don't even play nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So why I'm, should I exercise? Yeah. I don't even play nothing. <laughs> I will probably clip, remove the probably. I'm going to clip that. I don't even play nothing. Uh, yeah, I got to find, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll clip that. And that's just a funny little ISO to keep in the, in the holster. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I don't even play nothing attitude. I'm like, uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, from the, coming from the coaches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even play nothing. Um, well, you know what? This is a great time to thank some producers. Yeah. Dear listener. Thank you so much for being here on the Feed the People podcast, episode 14. This is the producer break, and this is the time that we come together to say thank you for all of the time, talent, and treasure you have been sending in our direction. We deeply appreciate it. The reason that that is so important is because we are not going to take corporate sponsor money. We don't want to get hijacked like Taylor Swift and... And uh, her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, we don't want to be hijacked. So that's why we've chosen to go with the value for value model. So we can speak freely. We can speak honestly. We can have fun. And nobody can come with the cancel button and say, no, no more money for you. And they just shut the water off. So that's why it's important that you donate your time, your talent, and your treasure. Forms of time. If you're listening to this show and you're sharing it with other people, thank you so much for donating your time. That is, your attention is literal currency. That's why Instagram and TikTok want to keep you on there forever. It's because it's actual money that they that they trade your attention for dollars. So if you are giving us your like limited precious attention, we say thank you. And while you're here... Go ahead and rate us five stars. Leave a kind comment. Help us get found. Maybe share something that you see on Instagram on your own page. And if you wanted to take the extra time, this may tread into the talent a little bit. You could link them directly to our show. You could, you you know, because Instagram's got that link click thing and you and you add a link. So you could link them to the video version of this. You can link them to the audio version of this. But if you are taking that time to do that, you are donating and you are a producer of this show um well because we have our monthly treasure donor we'd like to send a shout out to morgan h thank you morgan h for donating and having this on a recurring basis that recurring donation of 50 dollars a month is deeply appreciated we who is also a producer by the way not just a producer show producer but a, a food producer and are, aren't we thankful to be in, uh, inviting and attracting the food producers of America into our oh, yeah. environment? We are absolutely so, so thankful. And, of course, there are some talent donors today. First of all, uh, we'd like to, as always, say, say thank you to Nate Dog, Nate Baumgartner. The music creator for the uh, for feed the people for serious fun for a lot of things that I do, um, and he's just a he's just an amazing dude. So uh, as always, I link people to Nate's stuff in the show notes. So if you'd like to go listen to new, Nate's new breathwork album and 
get high on your own supply of oxygen and go hang out in the outer space for 15 to 30 minutes at a time, you can go check out Nate Dogg's new breathwork album. It's incredible. It's incredible. I gave y'all your own supply. You really can. It's right there. It's the only time that I know of in the, in the, in the game where you getting high on your own supply is a good thing. Most of the time you're getting high on your own supply. It ain't going well, but if you're getting high on your own oxygen supply and you're listening to Nate Baumgartner's breathwork track, Mr. Innate flow himself, you're doing yourself a favor. So thank you, Nate dog for being a big supporter of the show. And you know what? Why not? Is this a bop or flop? Oh, we're hearing our favorite game, Brooke. It's been a minute. I know. Oh, I think y'all are going to like this one. And another. I got it. I've, it's okay. This <laughs> Get is that become, equipment. Get that equipment. This is becoming a bit. I'm realizing that the clip starting and stopping has become its own bit. And that's how, you know, that's just how satire works sometimes. Get some rogue money. Yeah, I like my money rogue. Yeah, keep that money cold. Yeah, like my money rogue. Yeah, keep that money cold. I like rogue money. Yeah, and I no leader. I get to Caesar. What my life is Caesar. That's what Jesus said. They took his cousin's head. Then they crucified him. Still alive, you man. Going against the grain. History wears your name. Clubs and trailblazers. Take the blame. How we feeling? I think it's a bop for satire, not satire, but like a, it sounds like a real like a person who maybe doesn't do a lot of music that has something to say. And it's and it's a, and I want to listen because I want to hear what they have to say. But if I was just listening Bop. to it on the radio, I'd probably flop it. Oh, was that right? Yeah. She'd probably flop it? Oh, then I'm... No, only if it was just, you know, if I, if I turned on the radio, but I also listen to a lot of country music on when I'm driving. Yeah. So, but I do like the beat. But it's a flop for me. She goes, she's going flop. It's an honest reaction. AJ? It's a bop for me. And it's like hard it. for me to not... To not Give the answer that's positive for the artist. And that's how great, that's, that's how great you are. And we have one bop and one flop. That's why we got two people leading this show. So Man Like Quex with Rogue Money is part bop, part flop. But we're going to bop out just a little bit longer. This man's talking about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the rogue money of reference because there is no leader. It was sent out into the eth, 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 uh, into the world uh, with a set of principles, and that was that it should be radically transparent and that no single person could direct the uh, outcome, which is why we also accept Bitcoin for this show. So if you are listening to a modern podcasting 2.0 app, something like Podverse, something like Fountain. You can add some Satoshis, which are small bits of the Bitcoin. I believe there's like 100 million Satoshis in one coin. 
So you can actually send us boosts of Bitcoin. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you, we're going to keep that for a rainy day. Okay, we will happily receive those Satoshis. And if you're listening on Fountain, you can literally find podcasts that will stream you Satoshis for listening to their show. We haven't gone bald out. We haven't bald out enough to be able to send other people money for listening to our show. But some people are sending people money for listening to their show. And if you were to listen to their show, you could take those Satoshis. You could have them in your wallet. You can go here, here for AJ and Brooke and Brooks, my humble stream and boost of Satoshis for your show. And then you would become a treasure donor to the Feed the People podcast. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that Very be cool? cool? So cool. So thank you. And honestly, to, I hope that we get to a place. We're going to need your, all y'all's help to get to a place where we could pay you for listening. But that sounds awesome. Sounds amazing. But for yeah, the win. talent donation of man like Quex for rogue money, one bop, one flop, keep producing that talent. We appreciate you. We respect you. We want to be like you in a way you're out there putting out your art, your art without mm-hmm. apologies and that's what we're doing. We're out here creating art and informing people and edutaining people. And we hope that you're getting value. We deeply appreciate you. We do. Yeah, we do. I ask you to do another hard thing. Ask you to do another hard thing. However tough you think you've got it, somebody near you has got it tougher than you do. Will you remember them? And you'll do a lot better if in all of your travail, you realize that there's a neighbor who needs you. But I'm gonna ask you to give each other help, mortal help, in this little verse that you don't need to remember, but you can remember that I said it. I've wept in the night for the shortness of sight that to someone's need I was blind but I never have yet had an ounce of regret for being a little too kind remember even in your difficulty and they're real make sure you step outside yourself and bring somebody along it's amazing how much better two of you will make it than one or three of you will make it than two, and that's the spirit of the gathering. That is also the spirit of this show. Mm-hmm. Amen. AJ and I were doing fine, but three is better than two. Yep. Brooke Ince in the house, everybody. Let's give her a round of applause. Thank you. Let's celebrate you today. Thank you. It's great to have you in that seat, right where you belong. It is yes. great to be in this seat. So yeah, so amazing. Let's wrap up with some updates. Can we do that? Do you want updates? to wrap up some updates? Yeah. Let's talk about what we got going down. Talk about what you got going down, man. Floor lots, is yours, man. Lots going down. Well, first of all, Utah Beef Producers' grand opening is March 30th. In Shout out, Rib. Utah Beef Producers. That's a, that is an open invite for people in the area. I mean, if you can fly in if you want and come to this place. But, we'll be there. Um, yeah. If you've seen some of this or listened to some of our past podcasts, you're going to know that Utah Beef Producers is a new slaughterhouse meat processing facility being built in Utah that is that's that's significant. Um, we're down to 2,500. Oh, wait. 
chicken plant burnt down 2,499 slaughterhouses <laughs> in the United States down from 10,000 in the year 2000. So we only have 2,500 processing facilities processing the meat that your family eats. So when something like this gets built, it's a big deal. It's actually been pretty surprising how little support the gentleman building this, Henry Barlow, is getting from uh, financial support from state or federal. He's had to claw for every bit of it. Um, and it really, you know, he's not going to make millions of dollars doing this. And he didn't get into it for that. He got into it because it was a calling put on his heart that he needed to do to serve his neighbors, to serve his fellow man. So that's pretty exciting. Lots of cool stuff happening around that. And uh, in addition to that, our software from the farm goes live in just a few weeks. Wow. Huge. Actually, that deserves more than just a round of applause. That is some freaking magic. 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 Insane. It's really a just insane. That yeah. It's, it's happening. It is so crazy. April will be four years from concept for me and then working on this and then Brooke came on like about a year after that and we just kind of went running for it. And the software didn't start getting designed uh, until maybe about eight months ago. And it's so crazy thinking about the time, you know, it, it, here's what I want to say if, if for those listening. If you're thinking about doing something, it is not going to be quick. If it's worth doing, if it's something truly going to make a big difference for people, that's going to be of service to people, it's probably not going to be quick. There are quick get rich quick schemes out there if your goal is just to make money, but to really design and do something that is that is this complex, it takes time. And I say that to to just encourage you to not give up. Like the it's just crazy that we're here. I've been running through tests um, that that our design team has sent for me so we can start working out the bugs before it launches. There will be bugs when it launches. And what I've been telling people is like if you have the patience to be part of the team that helps us work out the kinks, join us. If you don't have the patience, I'm not going to make you wrong for that. That's okay. Just hold your horses. Because if you join us and you're on the, hey, this didn't work, and you get all pissed off, I'm going to kick you off. Like, I'll fire you oh, as a customer. This, and tell your friends, right? Because this is not something that is everyone who wants to use this service, who we want everyone to, all the producers, all the people, people to open their eyes, have some food sovereignty, have some free market for their mm -hmm. food selection. Um, you're not, you're not going to, you can't have it right now the way yeah. you want it. You know, like we do live in a time where people want instant gratification. Mm -hmm. We want something, we want it now. We don't want to wait. We need you to help us help yeah. you. Yeah. This yes. is something that is super important and we're not going to give up and we will continue to build it out. We will continue to evolve it, to add to it, to make you know, fix hiccups, um, make little changes, make it better of an experience for the user, for the consumer and producer. But again, like AJ said, it's not overnight. Mm -mm. It is, it's something that we're building to last a long time and, and make it change. And that is our hope. And that's everyone coming on board. That's their goal too. So if you are going to be a consumer, um, join the fight with us. Let's yeah. together. And that's the way we see it. We see it as everyone involved, anyone who yes. comes on as, with a profile, we're a team. Yeah. 
You know, so if you're and if you're just hearing this for the first time, you don't know what we're talking about. It's called From the Farm. And the point of From the Farm is to help you shake the hand that feeds you. And in the literal sense, hyper-localized food supply chain so that if you know your farmer and rancher, you will always have it. Now, if you see what's going on in Europe with all of the farmers revolting, do you know what's missing? That the consumers that they serve are not standing shoulder to shoulder with them. If the people who ate the food these farmers grew were standing with them, it would be over already because the global elites who we talk about on this show over and over again who want to control your food supply chain, if they saw a unified front between the food growers and the food consumers that they serve, a unified front – they would realize that they have no leg to stand on. They would run them out of town. Pitchforks and and pitchforks and flamethrowers, not flamethrowers. Those didn't exist with pitchforks. Torches. Torches. That's I think the if word. we, I, I'm going to try. Uh, I think if we told them this enough times, th- just like they tell us that we're weak and we can't figure this out and we're too stupid, if we tell them this in the other direction, I think it's going to land. Yeah. Uh, You're yeah. fucking ten ply, bud. Tell them again. <laughs> What is it? Tell them. You're fucking 10 ply, bud. Yeah. You know what being 10 ply is? No. So so this is a Canadian thing. And, you know, uh, if you get toilet paper and you get one ply toilet paper, it's like rough, Uh rough, rough, you know. Oh, yeah, one ply. But if you get get two ply, three ply, it starts to soften up. Mm -hmm. You go all the way to 10 ply, that is super soft. It's like too low. Super soft. It's like, and it's you like just wiping your ass with a minky blanket. You know, AJ pulled out his firearm on one of the episodes re- uh, le- recently, and he comes in with the firearm, and he lets him know um, that's that's exactly what's going to happen, is that they are not going to be able to handle the pressure. Because if they can't win the psychological game, they actually lose. Because they mm-hmm. can't out, uh, they can't take everybody out, out. Like they they can't just like completely squash their enemy in that sense. They have to psychologically abuse them into compliance. And if you just remember that the biggest bullies tend to be the weakest minded people. And that's why they're bullying people is because they are not brave enough to love themselves and they try to take it out on other people. You just, you just let them know. You're fucking 10 ply bud. And if you need to (laughs) just hit them in the mouth, just hit them in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I will say that in order for what we're doing to work, it's, we are doing our part to get this, uh, to make this available, but in order for this to work, it will take the, uh, it will, you know, united we stand and that's what it'll take. It'll take the consumer. Those of you listening, we have sold our soul down the river for com- for comfort and convenience. So, you know, there's another part of this where it's not just the global elite that put us here. There's we as consumers made buying decisions, buying habits that the people that sold to us paid attention to, and they just followed our habits until so they could keep making revenue, right? That's That's where the convenience factor came in. Like the stores sell us what they sell us because we paid for it. And so they're like, oh, that's what they want. We have to change our behaviors slightly in order to start changing the direction that we're heading. And that mean might mean that you're going to go meet 
two different people or two different locations to source your food. You might go meet your rancher that's growing your beef and then meet your dairy person that's grow that's that's selling you raw dairy or the person that's giving you eggs. Is that convenient? Like going to the grocery store and picking everything up in one trip? No, but if the grocery stores aren't there, it's the term choose your hard. And so we are calling on people to get behind this with us. And we're not the only ones doing this. There are other people out there making this happen. And we're grateful for that. We should yeah, not we all be need to do ones. it. Yeah. We're not the only company and we shouldn't be because then it's centralized again. We want these other people attempting to, to, to change the system to also be successful. In the U.S. alone, there are 327 million people to feed. We shouldn't do it all because then it's vulnerable again. Um, but we will do this in our nation. We're going to do it well, and we are going to scale it to other nations that need it. We get asked all the time, what about Canada? What about Europe? What about, um, you know, all, it, we've received messages from every developing nation that they need this there, and they're right. Shaking the hand that feeds you is the most basic need for humans to, to start wrapping your head around. You should be able to have that person by name. And they should be able to know you by name. So when stuff that happens to like the um, Amos at the at the farm in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. the Amish farm, if every single one of his buyers showed up when those guys were there, it would send a different message. This is what we're working to accomplish. And I, I say we we'd all uh, agree that this is necessary both necessary and an honor to be stewarding such a large responsibility that we have discussed many times we can't steward alone no, that's mm -mm. it's just that's not how god works no. yeah we weren't the the aj and brooke weren't the sole humans that he was like you know what i'm gonna task you with changing the entire food supply real quick <laughs> no, no way not at all yeah i have two remaining clips one culture clip one comedy clip uh, the culture clip is from a young man named Aiden Cox. He's a musician, and if he keeps making music like this, this keeps giving me hope for the future. Dramatic pause. Per use. Music isn't music anymore. And TV isn't TV anymore. Now everything's a joke. Now everything is just another way for them to shove all their agendas down your throat. And it used to be okay to be a kid. considers it art. I kind of want to set the world on fire. Why'd you go up, 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 and flip? Get out of town with the getaway driver. Then find somebody else to frame. Make it out with a few survivors. All of these lies, I'm getting so tired. Why don't we start from scratch? You bring the kerosene and I'll bring the match. Sound good? Shout out Aiden, Aiden Cox. So talented. Another another treasure. Happy to share his beautiful bit here on the show. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you watch the video version, it comes with subtitles, and you'll see he's singing in satire, and it's really well done and well executed. So uh, shout out Aiden Cox for being a young man with eyes to see. 
for being a young yeah. man with eyes to see. And yeah. then uh, just for some comic relief, and then we'll shut the show down. Wait. Hey, you want to make a bit of money? You should do what I did, get into farming. See this? I got this selling corn. Comes out of the fucking ground. I couldn't believe it. You see that? It's made of chicken. It's actually made of chicken. You kill it, you've got free chicken. You can sell it to people. Or don't kill it. Fucking eggs come out of their asses. <laughs> fucking hell. You know sheep? Bit woolly. It's wool. Pull it off, sell it. Fucking grows back again. You cannot lose. Brilliant. Don't even need an alarm clock. <sighs> Unbelievable. It's only five in the morning and I'm right where I work. And while the other poor sod's struggling in on the tube, I'm going to go and get some milk out of a cow. Who's a jammy bastard? So good. so good. Get into yeah. farming. He's like, yeah. you can't lose. It's the nose. It's, it's the nose tap for Cut me. Cut it. So yeah. it grows back. You can't lose. And we can't lose because yeah. we're out here trying to spread some truth, some truth and love and just trying to connect people with their food, live a happy, healthy life, love on their family, devote themselves to a higher power and higher source, higher mission. And use your hand to create the world that you want to see don't sit here and think about it go out and be about it use them hands them manus and create the change that you would like to see in the world so thank you both to aj richards and brooke Entz for doing just that for using their literal hands to create change in the world that they are witnessing and they've made a different solution so people can go in another direction if you don't like the way it's going. How about that? Any final words for the people for episode 14, Country Potluck? Shake the hand that feeds you. Brooke, you feeling good? It grows back. It grows you can't back. Lose. You can't lose. And we can't lose. Eggs come out another bucket. <laughs> that is definitely a wrap on episode 14. And we will catch up with you next week. See you there. You were built for this.